0: amazing anticipation for what i'm about to share with you right now i've built this thing up bigger than origin okay it's bigger than origin and i want to share some things with you this morning that that uh that god showed me spoke to me this week that that i found really inspiring and it continues this theme we've been on for the last few weeks about purpose the last few weeks we've been looking at purpose you know what is our purpose uh what are the things that motivate us? What are the things that stir us? That you know, They're all keys to, to our purpose. They're keys to the things that God has for us, that God's put us here for a reason. Um, what do the wheel, toilet paper, and mobile phones have in common? The wheel, toilet paper, and mobile phones. They've got something in common. I tell you, you're going to go, Duh but i'm going to hold out i like the suspense just for a little bit here you know the wheel you know when the wheel was first invented did you know it was first invented for pottery purposes did you know that the first use of the wheel was not to to move things or to cart things it was for pottery so there was a bunch of guys i don't know where it was in in, in ancient times that used to get together and make pots and one day they're making pots and a guy's gone there's got to be an easier way sure there's got to be an easier way than this come on and his mate next to him has going, yeah, well, if you ever think of anything, let me know because it has got to be, this is, you know. And then somebody said, hey, stop moving. Let's put this thing on a spinny thing. And, oh, wow, look at that. Now we can just sit still. We can have conversations. Have a co- and the potter's wheel was invented. Wheels were first invented for pottery. Did you know that? And then it wasn't until about 300 years later somebody said, I reckon we could probably cut things on like that. Let's stick them on chariots and wheels. 300 years later, we decided that we would use wheels to actually transport things. I thought that was an interesting thing. Toilet paper. Toilet paper. Did you know when I was reading about toilet paper, and I did, I went and I Googled um, all this history of toilet paper. It's a fascinating study. Uh, You kids at school, if you want to wow your teachers, do do an article on toilet paper. It's got an amazing history. Um, going right back and seeing what people used to use you know uh, um, uh, back in ancient Roman times they used to use like a cloth like a sponge on the end of a stick and that's what they would use for and they would use the stick and they would, would wipe with that but here's the, here's, here's the really bad thing there was sort of like one per family so so it was it was in, the, in their little cubicle thing and uh, you know I would go and then my brother would be at the door knocking hang on I'm nearly done you know put it down, I'd walk out, and they'd come out, you spend so much time in the toilet, get off your phone or whatever, and uh, then they would come, and, and the whole family, if you were a guest, imagine you were a guest, you went to somebody's house, where's your toilet? I never mind, you know? I brought my own sponge um, on a stick. And so that's what they used to use. Apparently, during the Civil War, just at the end of the Civil War in America, uh, in some parts of the States, they were using corn cobs. Corn cobs. Imagine that. Imagine cleaning yourself with a corn cob. That's outrageous. And then somebody came up with an idea. I think it might have been a Chinese emperor came up one day and said, You know what? Why don't we, I want you to make for me, as an emperor, sheets of paper that were like five by three foot or something like that. And he teared pieces off. And that's kind of to where toilet paper uh, sort of began. Uh, mobile phones. <laughs> mobile phones were first created by a Motorola employee, actually. Anyone remember Motorola? <laughs> really? Motorola? Who were they? Younger generation going, Motor who? Uh, they used to make phones before Nokia killed them and everybody else came out and, and, and wiped them out, Samsung and so on. Um, but in 1973, an employee of Motorola came up with the idea of a, a cellular phone, mobile phone. Uh, it all came out of the fact that, you know, obviously if you're going to, to communicate with somebody, you need to be uh, uh, near this little thing, and cord. Anyone remember those phones? They used to have cords. Anyone ever seen one? A few people have seen one. And they used to have cords that came out of the wall. And uh, so you need to call somebody else. You had to be in the vicinity of that other little phone with a little cord out the wall. So this Motorola guy came out with this cordless sort of phone. It was a big, chunky sort of thing back in the day. So what do the wheel, toilet paper, and mobile phones have in common? All of them were created on purpose and for a purpose. There was a need. And out of that need, these things were created to meet a specific purpose. They were created on purpose. There was design. There was intent. There was a mind behind the creation of each of those things. And they were created for a reason. There was a specific reason why those things were created. I was online, and uh, there's a guy by the name of Rick Thorns, his name. is a self-proclaimed atheist. And he was doing a blog about and you know how he doesn't believe in God and he was talking about his perspective on purpose and he said that as an atheist I believe that the purpose of your life is whatever you choose to give it you just decide the purpose of your life whatever you want it to be you're born and then when you're old enough to think about it whatever you think your purpose is that's what your purpose becomes it's all up to you but what's interesting is I read this whole article and when I got to the bottom of it he had this to say he said right at the end of it But I say this, as you live your life, be aware that it has no purpose other than those previous yearnings. In other words, whatever you decide to give it, that's the purpose. But live it as though it was given to you with a purpose for which you will be accountable. Isn't that interesting? Even this atheist, after going on and saying, your life has whatever purpose you want it to be. In other words, you're accountable to nobody but yourself, and you can decide your own purpose. But to cover himself right at the end, he says, but live your life as if it was given to you for a purpose by somebody else to which you'll be accountable one day. I thought that's just covering both bases, mate. He's having his cake and eating it too, isn't he? But I understand it because I think there's nothing more hopeless in life than thinking you don't have a purpose. Purpose gives us energy. Purpose gives our existence here meaning. Purpose is what gives us a little bit of a a kick in our step when we wake up in the morning. It's, it's that thing that gives us vision for a future that's not black and hazy, but, but there's a point to what I do and why I do it and when I do it and so on. A life devoid of purpose. I can understand that this atheist going, if I follow my, 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 my uh, worldview to its end, its end is depressing. Its end is hopeless. Its end has no point. So what I'll do is I'll get to a certain point, but then I'll deviate a little bit and I'll add a bit of purpose. And the only way I can think to add purpose is to say... Imagine that your life was given to you for a reason and for a purpose and there's somebody that gave it to you and you'll be accountable to them. Life without purpose is hopeless. When I read that, I started to think back to my own journey at 19 years of age. I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, none of that stuff. At 19 years of age, a guy came and he knocked on my door and he got in my face, a very poor communicator, probably the worst communicator I've ever known, but he got the point across. He got in my face, stuck his finger in there and said, your life sucks, you're going nowhere, you're hopeless, you're blah, 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 blah. I was like, wow. Okay. But he was dead rock. Right. And through a series of very fortunate events, I ended up giving my life to Jesus. I came and had an encounter with God and he chased after me and I surrendered my life to him and have been following him to the best of my ability ever since. But when I reflect back, before meeting Jesus, I was hopeless. I would have thoughts that this is the end, I'm just going to, if this is all there is to life, if this is the best there is on offer, I don't want to be here anymore because the bad stuff outweighs the good stuff. The hopelessness far outweighs the purpose in my life. And I couldn't understand why am I here, what's the point? And so I got myself to that state where I wanted to check out. So I get it. Life without a purpose and without a point, it's just hopeless. It's hopeless. So I get it why this guy would, would, would cover both bases and so on. Well, I want to encourage you something this morning and I found this in the Bible. I'm going to show you in a minute and light bulbs might not go off for you, but they did for me. And here's what I discovered. Not only is every invention pretty much ever created, created on purpose for a purpose. You think about anything that's been made. Most things are made for a reason on purpose. Uh, They're not like my cooking. You see, my cooking is not necessarily on purpose. I just grab a random, I open the cupboard and go, that looks pretty, that looks pretty, that looks pretty. Chuck it in a pot, cook it up, chuck it in a fry pan. That looks pretty, that looks pretty. And hope that if I just chuck all these random things in, that somewhere at the end of it, I'll find a purpose and a reason for it. But people aren't designed like that. Things aren't designed like that. And you weren't designed like that. God didn't just chuck a whole bunch of things. He didn't walk into the store in me in heaven and go, I'm going to grab a personality, I'm going to grab a gift, I'm going to grab likes and dislikes. I'm going to grab uh, uh, things over here and bits of this and bits of this. I'm going to chuck it all together. And then once you came out of the oven he looked at you and went, hmm, okay, what can I do with this one? You know, God didn't do that with you. A lot of us think that. A lot of us live our life like that. Like God's still looking at us going, I'm still trying to work out what I can do with you. I don't know. I, I thought I had it worked out and then you did this. I'm thinking, okay, no, that's not, not going to suit. So God's up there in heaven looking down going, I'm trying to work this out. You know, that's not true. Before you were even born, there was a purpose there. And God looked down and went, I've got a, a need, a purpose. There's, some, there's a functionality here that I need something for. Just like the wheel. We need something to help us not stop, stop walking around in circles while we make pottery. We need something. So they said, well, why don't we create something that spins been... It met a need. It had a really specific purpose. The purpose was there before the, the need was met. And you know what? I believe that you and me are the same that excites me. I was excited. I discovered something this week and it excited me. And here's what I read in the Bible. In Genesis 2.15, this is going to blow your mind. You're going to fall backwards off your chair. Glory of God's going to hit you. You'll never be the same again. You'll probably all get up. You won't come back next week. You're all going to be missionaries in China and Africa and Asia. Or maybe not, but I'll take a chance. Luke, you want to work that up for me? Genesis 2.15, look at this. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Oh! Look at your faces. Look at each other. You're amazed. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. Guess what? I was reading it this week and it suddenly dawned on me. The garden was created before Adam was. The garden was there before Adam was. The need was there before the answer came. Adam's purpose existed before Adam came on the scene. Wow. Wow. Your purpose existed before you came on the scene. You're not just random chance. You're not just a fluke of nature. God's not sitting there going, I don't know what to do with you. I just don't know where to put you. I don't know how to use you. If you could only get rid of this or if you could add a bit of that. God's going, you know what? Before you were even here, I knew that there was a place for you, there was a function for you. And then I created you to fill that function in that place. The garden was there before Adam was there. I read that this week and I thought, how special do I feel? I'm pretty special. I am special. Hey? Everyone tell me, Alan, you're so special turn to the person next to you and look in the eye and say, you know what, you're so special. You're very special. You're not just some random chance. You're not just here by random fluke. When you walked into church this morning, how many of you walked in here and went, I'm serving my purpose. This is part of my purpose. This is part of my destiny. Or did we just walk into a building and go, gee, it's warm. Somebody put the doors up. Right? You walk in today and go, gee, Alan looks like Steve Irwin. Or is that just Daniel? You were created intricately, specifically. God prepared things beforehand for you to walk in. He's not trying to work it out. You know what? God's worked it out. God has worked it out right now. He knows the value you have. He knows the things he has for you. He knows the place that he has put aside for you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. God's thinking ahead of you. God's thinking way ahead of you. He's got plans and he's got purposes for you. Well before you came on the scene, you could have been born anywhere, anytime, place. But you're born wherever you were, at the time you were, for a purpose and a reason. You need to buy into that. You need to believe that. You need to carry that sense of destiny and that sense of purpose on your life. Hopelessness comes when we don't understand that. When we don't understand that I'm here for a purpose, for a reason. I'm walking in my purpose. Every day I get out of bed, I thank God that He's not looking at me going, I'm still trying to work it out. You just keep doing whatever it is you do, and at the right time I'll come and I'll try to, you know. He's going, No, I created you, I put you together, I fashioned you in your mother's womb for a reason, for a purpose. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. You are imperfectly beautiful. I was saying to Daniel this morning when we came in for music practice that you know church for me is like a it's like a collection of the rejected. It is. It's a collection of a collection of rejection. Some people feel like they've just got nothing. They're, 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 there's no purpose in their life. You look at the person next to you and go, I oh, look, I mean, a guy like Daniel, let's face it, Daniel is such a talented human being, isn't he? He's a, he's a fantastic human being. I mean, look at his hair. He just looks cool. <laughs> he was worried this morning that his glasses would make him look nerdy. You make them glasses come alive. They came alive, Daniel. Because you put them on with purpose. You know? He wears he wears jeans and boots and I look at him and I go, man, I wish I could wear those. I sometimes at home when no one's around I might try, I'll put them on. And I'll stand in front of the mirror and I'll just go, That's just terrible that's just wrong, you're not Daniel, just be yourself, you're not Daniel, take the pants off, put your baggies back on, you know, get your Steve Irwin shirt out, go hard, we were made, specifically, intricately put together for a purpose and for a reason, like every invention, everything ever made in the natural world, the invention's created to fulfil a purpose. Romans 8, 28 says this. It says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. All things. That means all means everything. Everything. All things work together for the good of those that love God. All things work together, by the way. It's not just these random individual things that are not connected. Your life is connected. It's a connected thread. God takes all things are connected and work together for good for those that love God Watch this, who are called according to what? His purpose. He's called you according to a purpose, and the purpose is His. It's not mine, it's not yours, it's His. He's called us to a purpose. Now, we go about our day living our own purpose. You know, we all have parts of our life that we, we do this. We, 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 we raise our families, we, you know, we, we go to work, we play sport, we do all the things that we do. But did you know that that's all interconnected to God's purpose for your life? Do you you believe that? Do we believe that? It changes the approach that we have to things that we do. It changes the way that we see our world, the way we see our function, in this life when we understand that we're called according to his purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, watch this, which God prepared beforehand to walk in. Before you were even here, God had planned things that he wanted you to walk in. And because he already had a need, he knew what the thing was. He knew the kind of person he needed to meet that thing. He knew the kind of personality, giftings, abilities, talents. He knew the kind of intricately woven, developed, designed, fashioned invention that he needed to meet the need that was over here before you even were there. He had this here and then he created you. He created you to walk in that thing. You are special. I'm overwhelmed with the the, the specialness of you. I can't believe how special you are. I mean, that's what God thinks. Who am I to get in the way of God? Who am I to think anything other than what God thinks about you? You're fashioned in his womb. You're created for a purpose. He planned things well in advance for you to walk in, for you to move in, for you to live in. This is what God did for us. He prepared things. You were not created for whatever you want and wherever you want. You were created for his purpose created because he had a plan and he had a need in mind. Your garden was created before you were created. God took Adam and the Bible says he put him in a garden and he gave him a purpose. Tend it, look after it, keep it. Do something in my garden. Do something in this place where I've put you. When I read those passages this week, I suddenly thought, wow, I'm i actually am pretty special i don't mean that in an arrogant sort of a funny way anymore i mean if god went to that length i'm created for a purpose my garden was created and then god looked at the garden where he said i need a certain type of person to perform a certain type of function in that garden <coughs> what do we got boys well let me have a look lord what do you need Okay, I'll grab one of those. What do, I need one of those. Yep, okay. Okay, leave it with me. We'll put it together. Here's Alan. And God didn't go... <sighs> Look, just put him over there for a second and I'll just see if I can find it, some sort of... Give me time. Give me time to work that one out. Now he knew. He knew. God loves us. You're special to God. You really are. And you're designed for a kingdom purpose. You're designed for a kingdom purpose. You know, I think while Adam was in the garden, he did other things besides just tend the plants. I'm convinced of that. You know, he had a wife, probably had coffee, kicked footballs around with the kids, organized Origin Nights, you know. You'd be doing other things, but God said, While you're doing all that other stuff, I've got you in a place I want you to be, do that stuff, but there's also a part of what you're called to that's for the kingdom. So take care of the garden. Do the other stuff you've got to do of life, but make sure that you put some time into the garden. Make sure you put some time into the purpose. See, God has a purpose for planet Earth. And that is that every tribe, every nation, every tongue, every knee will bow. That's the ultimate kingdom purpose of God that's the purpose of god every one of us in this room we have a part to play in fulfilling that purpose so god put us in a garden your gardens you know maybe your gardens arise maybe your garden's another group of believers that you go to but you place it into a garden and you go about and you do all the other stuff that you do but i i, I believe with all my heart that there's a, a kingdom purpose in why you're planted in the garden there's a function there's something there why everybody's in the place that they're in and why you are the way you are and the way that you're created and the way that God has put you together. He's put you together for a reason. He's put you together a certain way. Psalm 139, verse 14, 15 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That word wonderfully means to distinguish, to put a difference, to show marvellous, to separate and set you apart. You are absolutely unique. You are absolutely unique. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was hidden from you when I was made in secret. Watch this. And skillfully wrought. You were skillfully wrought. You were skillfully made. You were skillfully put together. So many people hate themselves. So many people hate the way they're made. You know? Why can't I be like that person? Why can't I be more like this person? Why do I have to have this issue? Why do I have to. I don't have answers to all those intricate questions, but I do know this. You're not meant to be like somebody else. You're meant to be like you. As a matter of fact, there's nobody else on planet Earth that can do a you as good as you can. I can try, and I'm a pretty. You know, I think I can act a little bit, I've got a little bit of acting skills. Several years ago, Forex were running an ad campaign. You know, the four blokes on the beach, their ad campaign? Yeah, I sent a photo of myself into a, an agency while I was working at Dan Murphy's. And uh, guess what? I made the top 50. Woo! Yep, I did. I went up to Brisbane. I had to go into a studio and there they, they were the cameras there and a caster. And, and, you know, I had to play one of the four guys and uh, didn't make the cut, obviously. But, you know, what? there are only 46 blokes in the company better than me. <laughs> Pretty special, eh? pretty special. But I'm me and you're you. And you've got gifts and you've got talents and you've got abilities. God puts you together. If you get nothing else out of today, I want you to understand this, that that thing blew over in the wind. Because that's what wind does. It blows things over. And you know what? I pray right now that the wind of the Holy Spirit will blow over all your false feelings about yourself and all the, the, the things that you, that, that you sit there wishing you were somebody else, wishing you were like somebody else not understanding you're fearfully and wonderfully made, not understanding you're placed in a garden of God's choice. You should have a, I hope you have a sense of destiny and purpose about being here. Now, if you come to church on a Sunday thinking, well, I'm, you know, it's just what you do and I've just picked this one, you're missing out. You really are. I don't think you just have to be somewhere and you've just chosen. I don't believe anybody. I don't look at any of you with the attitude that you've chosen to be here. I look at you and go, God's chosen for you to be here. And you're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. Daniel, you want to jump up on your guitar and play some dulcet tunes for us? With your cool boots and your cool hair. Look at my hair. My hair just does nothing I want it to. It's ridiculous. I've got the worst hair on planet earth. See, I hate my hair and I'm laying awake at night going, "God, oh, what's that, Daniel's hair? And God's going, Alan, you're fearfully fearful. We might even that hair. Stop complaining. Exactly. Then I look across and go, oh, no, thank you, Lord. I'm at least I've got something to whinge about. Acts 17, 26. Paul, when he's preaching to the Athenians, he says this. He says, speaking of God, he says, He's made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Guess what? Billy Graham, as wonderful as what he was, was not born in Australia, did not live in Bar, and did not come to this church catherine corman those of you that know about her wonderful woman of god moved in the holy spirit amazing miracles catherine corman was not born in australia in the 21st century he's not here but yet god pre-appointed and god determined god's the one that decided all that stuff he didn't put them here You could have been born in China 400 years ago. You could It's not up to you. You could be born in Saudi Arabia in (coughs) 10 years' time. But you're not going to be. I've got some good evidence on that, some good intel, because you're here. Two and two equals four. You're here. That's special. Walk out of this place with your head held high. Going to work with your head held high. You're ordained. You're called. You're created. You're appointed. You're anointed for, for this time, now, where you are. Live your life on purpose. Don't just go through your days. Somebody once said the tragedy of, of, of life, is of existence, is that everybody who lives will die, but not everybody who dies will have lived. Stop trying to work it out. I'm telling you this morning. You're a person of destiny. You're a person of destiny. Believe it. Walk in it. Live like it. Act like it. And if you're sitting there going, "Yeah," but you don't know my background, and I've, you know, I'm not who I should be because I've had this happen and that happen and that happened and this and look, life throws things at us. But here's something amazing about God. Adam and Eve messed this show up. But you know, God had a backup plan. Otherwise, you and I wouldn't be. Joseph bragged to his brothers about how they were going to bow to him one day. He got thrown into a pit, sold off into slavery, ended up in prison, all kinds of things. One day, guess what? His brothers bowed to him. God had a backup plan. Israel, God's chosen people, were taken into captivity time and time again. But God had a plan they would fulfill a certain purpose. And eventually the Gentiles would be grafted in and we'd all be one under God. They messed up time and time and time again. But guess what? God had a backup plan. Your life might not have been everything you think it should have been. You might have had things come against you and things that have taken you off track and hurts and disappointments and battles and scars. Stuff that maybe you still deal with. Right now you're sitting here going, yeah, but you don't know. I don't need to know. God knows. Here's the thing. The pathway might have changed, but the purpose never does. The pathway might not be the pathway God wanted to get you to where you are now, but your purpose didn't change just because the pathway changed. Because the purpose was predetermined before you even got on the path, before you even got on the road. The destiny and the purpose was there before you even put your foot on the road. That's what the Bible teaches us. So your path might have changed. You might have had things happen. The GPS might have reset itself. GPS is great. They recalibrate. You tell it where you're going to go and you take a wrong street. Guess what it does? You look at it, it adjusts itself. Why? Because it just makes sure that you're still going to get there. The destination still going to be the same. And the purposes of God for your life are the purposes of God for your life. You have purpose and destiny on your life. We've got to believe that. We've got to be people that arise in our spirit, arise inside. Lay a hold of it with boldness and confidence. and go, you know what, God? I actually believe that. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord. I am special. I am designed for a purpose. I don't need to be like that person. I don't have to wait till I'm whole over here or dealt with all that stuff. God, you have purpose and destiny on my life right now. Amen? Right now. That's all I wanted to say. It blew my mind this week. I never thought of it. I read that verse in Genesis. That, and it You mean the garden was there before... Adam was. Such a simple thing. But I feel like I've kind of been walking on clouds ever since then. I just feel this boldness on me. This renewed sense of call. This renewed sense of purpose. That God, I was made for this. I was created for this. I was born to be here at this time. It's awesome. It's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Why don't you lead us in that uh, song, Daniel? Yeah. Let's just stand. We're just going to sing this song. I want to open up the front again for anybody. You feel like the Lord's speaking to you? We want to pray for you this morning. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You have a call. That purpose is bigger than just yourself. I like what Paul Blart said. Anyone anyone know who Paul Blart is? He's a mall cop, a mall cop in the States. He said this in Paul Blart, mall cop too. He said, if you think the purpose of life is only to serve yourself, then you have no purpose. You've got to walk in your purpose. Why? Because others are depending on it. Other people are depending on you, boldly walking into what God has for you in the glory